So we're going to talk about 21 days starting tomorrow, prayer and fasting. I was asking this morning, how many people have been tapering off? My wife tapers off. She's like going without coffee and caffeine so she doesn't get headaches. And I'm like, no, baby, let's just go right up to the very last minutes. Who's already got tonight's meal planned? Come on, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you're going out with a bang. Okay, that's awesome. So on your seats is this 21-day uh prayer and fast kind of schedule. We've got five days where we'll be praying Monday to Friday here, 6.15 in the morning for three weeks uh, together, which will be super, super powerful. Really encourage you. No sense fasting if you're not praying. It's prayer and fasting. It's fasting and prayer. And, you know, by about day two or three, you'll need to pray with somebody else to push through the pain barrier of sugar withdrawals, caffeine withdrawals, and the other kind of withdrawals that you're doing. Um, it will be worth it. You won't die. It's going to be okay. All right. Uh, to, now, a couple of things just practically about fasting. Somewhere in this message or by the end of tonight, I would encourage you, don't, don't decide now. I want you to open up your heart and let the Holy Spirit speak to you as I speak from the Word of God tonight. But I would encourage you to make a decision. Uh, what are you going to fast? Okay, what are you going to go without? I'd encourage you to have some aspect of food that you're going to fast. Okay, I know we can fast TV and social media and all that. That's awesome. That, but that goes with some kind of food pain. All right, there's some. Now, if you're pregnant, Obviously, you have to make some adjustments. All right. There's a couple of you off the hook tonight. That's the rest of you know. Uh, but, you know, in terms of if you're working in a physical job, you need energy, then have some things that, that will give you energy. But it's really about, and, and we're going to talk out of Daniel tonight, but he talked about, I had uh, no, no choice food. So basically, no food that I really liked. Food was just fuel as opposed to enjoyment. So for some people, that means there goes sweets. For some people, there goes takeaway. For some people, uh, myself, I'll do uh, a, what's called a Daniel fast. And it's kind of going without meat and uh, soft drinks and sugar and alcohol and all that kind of stuff. And just having, uh, for me, fruit and veggies, uh, maybe some nuts uh, over, the, over this next 21 days. So, but work it out today. Don't think about it halfway through tomorrow because you'll crumble straight away. That's just what's going to happen. So make a decision before God. Write it down. Now, should you crumble? Should you just somehow during the fast go, you know, like, oh, look at those things. Hot chips, they're just potatoes. They're just veggies, aren't they? And have a few. Might have done that myself at some points. Okay. But if you like kind of lose it and eat food and then get all guilty, don't worry about it. Just, just reset and go again. This is not about being religious. This is not about a hunger strike. This is not about twisting God's arm. Uh, if you've got a special occasion, a friend's birthday, you get invited to something that's special, if it's your birthday, then just enjoy that moment, enjoy that meal, enjoy that day, and jump back on to your fast guilt-free. All right. You cannot plan to have a special occasion every day, though. Just saying. Oh, we're having lunch with my friends today. Special. You can't do that. Uh, that, would, that would be going against the whole point of what we're doing, all right, over the next, over the next 21 days. So make, make your decision. This is what I'm going to fast. There's seven things that are on that card that we're believing God for together as a church. Number one is to draw near to God. 
Uh, number two is for a season of revival for our church. I'll talk about that in a moment. Number three is salvations of prodigals. People who once walked with God or grew up in church, they're away from God. Give me a wave if you're a prodigal who came back to God in the house. Come on. Look at you guys. Awesome. I love that. So we're believing for prodigals. Uh, for brilliant disciple makers that we would continue to have it be a church who are committed not just to my own spiritual journey, but to helping other people on their spiritual journey one person at a time. Supernatural breakthroughs, miracles for our church land, our powerhouse conference at the end of the month. All right, so, and I want you to write down, I'm believe, there might be a few specific things you're believing God for over the point of this month that, that are your, your things. So every time you're fasting you're, and you're feeling hungry or you're feeling tired or you've got a headache from food withdrawal, you're like, that's right, I'm, this is why I'm fasting and why I'm believing God. Are we sweet? So grab a hold of that, fill that in before the end of tonight, and we're going to pray together. So Father, I ask that as we open up Your Word tonight, we look at what Your Bible says around this topic of fasting. I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would speak to us. Lord, that we would hear the whisper of God to our hearts. That this next 21 days starting tomorrow morning would be a significant signature time for every person in this room and for our church. So we come into Powerhouse Conference at the end of the month. It would be a mountaintop experience for us. That Your Kingdom would come and that Your will would be done in our lives and in our church as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. All right, if you've got your Bible, open up to Daniel chapter 9. We're going to look at Daniel because often we do a Daniel fast. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Daniel, what was really in your fast? Because there's a lot of controversy. Are you allowed to have nuts in a Daniel fast? Or this and that? I don't think it really matters, but I'm really going to be curious to say, okay, Daniel, what was your fast? What did you have? Because you got, you got a fast named after you that we've, that we've done since that moment. And there's two particular moments in the book of Daniel. Daniel was a prophet, all right? He was a, he, he was, when he was a young boy, the city that he lived in, Jerusalem, was ransacked by a foreign, a foreign country and they were taken away into captivity uh, into Babylon. And that for 70 years, God's people, the people of Israel, were taken into Babylon because they basically ignored God. Uh, they, they resisted living God's way. They worshipped idols. God did all these awesome things for them, but they resisted Him. And essentially, God eventually said, well, you're not taking my cues. I'm sending messengers. I'm trying to say things to you. You're ignoring them. So eventually He said, I'm going to have to do something a little more drastic to get your attention because I want your heart and your worship. And so they went into Jerusalem. And Daniel was a boy 70 years earlier, uh, before he left Jerusalem, and th there was a famous prophet in Jerusalem the time that Daniel was a, was a boy. And that prophet was going around prophesying to everybody, turn back to God, turn and worship Him, turn and honour Him, stop uh, sacrificing to these idols, stop, stop living a life of, of uh, immorality and turn back to God. And, and eventually uh, they wouldn't respond to Him and He prophesied and He eventually said, well, God, and he made, this, he made this statement, God is sending your, you as a people, us as a people into exile for 70 years. And when the 70 years is up, You'll be, we'll be able to come back to this land that's our natural land and rebuild the temple and, and worship Him again. 
So Daniel, as a boy, hears that prophecy. And then later on, when he's, he's been elevated into a leadership position, this is what it says. In the first year of his reign, Daniel 9, verse 2 to 3, uh, we're talking about uh, Cyrus, I believe, in that moment. No, one of the two, sorry. Anyway, anyway, the first year of this guy's reign, I, Daniel, it's not Cyrus, it's the one before him, understood, Darius, thank you, from the Scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God, and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. This is fascinating to me that Daniel's obviously, he's been elevated to a position of influence and leadership. He's being well looked after, but he knows that there's a prophetic promise that's been made over his people. And so he sets himself to fast, to humble himself. We'll see, he he goes and prays this long prayer, uh, repenting of his sin and the sin of his people, crying out to God that God would deliver them from captivity back to Jerusalem. Now, this is interesting. If it's a prophecy from God that this is going to happen, why would he need to fast? If it's a prophecy... If God said 70 years and then it's going to happen, couldn't Daniel just go bring on the wine, bring on the cheese, bring on the steak, bring on the chops? I'll stop there because, you know. Couldn't he just go, oh God, you prophesied it. Therefore, have at it, O sovereign God, the one who knows everything. And, you know, you're in charge. But Daniel gives us an insight. He gives us an insight into the ways of God. The way that God works. The way that God works is He comes and, and often He responds to our cry or our prayer or our desire for something. But other times without our cry or prayer, He declares something over your life, over my life, over your family, over my family, over our church. He declares something. And it is a prophetic promise. It's prophetic potential. And it hangs in the atmosphere over your world or over your church as potential. It's like clouds. But the clouds aren't automatically going to rain. They're just clouds. And God gives you and I the partnering power when there's a cloud of something over our house and our church and our life, He gives us the the responsibility to call the prophetic promise into reality. But just because it's a prophetic promise doesn't mean it will automatically happen. Just because it's God's will does not mean it will automatically happen. If it did then Jesus wouldn't have, he wouldn't have given us the Lord's prayer and said, when you pray, pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wouldn't have said that. He would have said, when you pray, thank God that his will gets done automatically. Right? But he didn't say that. He said, when you pray, partner with God so that his will and his kingdom will be released in the natural realm where we live. 
And I'm here to encourage somebody today that you might, you, I don't know about you, but I've got a number of personal prophetic promises, personal words from God, personal verses that as I've read my Bible, they've stood out at me and I've highlighted them. I've written on, the world, on my wall. I've spoken some of them a thousand times and some of them are yet to come to pass. There are promises over this church that God has declared over our house. And I, I was just looking at some of them in the last few days. I would say pretty much everybody who comes to our church prophesies about a season of revival. Everybody who comes to our church prophesies about this season of explosive growth. I mean, God put it in my heart and we wrote it for our, 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 our what do we call it? Dream for the decade. I was going to say our 2020 vision, but it came at the start of 2020. Our dream for the decade. And so it's, it's seen, it's heard, it's a sound, it's from God. But here's the thing, it's a cloud over the house and it's prophetic potential. So when a prophetic potential comes into your world, God says, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for somebody who will lay a hold of me. I'm looking for someone who will pull on the promise of heaven. I love, uh, I can't remember who it was. I, I think it might have been Spurgeon who said this, that prayer is like being at the bottom of a rope that's got a bell in heaven. And every time you pull on the bell, the, down here, the bell rings in heaven. And, and Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. He said, you have not because you ask not. Uh, Billy Graham said that the tragedy on when we get to heaven won't be unanswered prayers. It'll be unprayed prayers. It'll be prayers where we gave up too soon. It'll be prayers where we knew it was God's will, but we let discouragement cloak us and we stopped getting on our knees and saying, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your promise come to pass. So what's your prophetic promise? What's, what's your desire? Where do you want to see God break through for you? What is it? Daniel turned to the Lord and pleaded with Him in prayer and petition. That's interesting, prayer and petition. Petition is where I, I bring the list before the king and say, this is my supplication. It's my petition. I'm coming to you with my request. Prayer is worship and fellowship and enjoying God. So we're going to do both over the next 21 days. We're going to enjoy God. We're going to draw near to God. We're going to make Him our priority. But we're also going to bring up some petitions. One of them is on here. We're going to say, God, we're believing for a season of revival in our church. God, we're believing. We're believing. No COVID can stop a season of revival. Come on. No pruning can stop a season of revival. We're believing for your promise to come to pass for us. Prophetic potential. So it goes on and Daniel prays his prayer. And I'll go, I'm going to jump, skip right down to verse 20. He says, While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for His holy hill. And he goes on and says some more things, but I'll get to. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel. There's something about fasting. Okay, there's something 
there's something about it that it's, and I kind of, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with it, to be honest. I love the results. I hate the feeling of hunger. After about three days, if you, your, your stomach actually kind of starts to shut down if you're not having food at all. And it's kind of like the pain, the hunger goes away. Some people fast every day and then have a meal every night. I'm like, good for you, but you're just going to keep the hunger going. So I'm out. I don't want to have food just because I want to shut my stomach down. But that's okay. Whatever's going to work for you. I get that. So there's, there's, this, there's this component that that pain, that denying of the flesh, is, it's a reset of priority. It's a humbling of ourselves. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians, I think it's 5.13, Paul writes and he says, uh, so let your, your spirit, soul, and body be made righteous before God. And he notes, he says, spirit, soul, and body. So he said, this is the order of who you are. You're a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. Whereas we live in a world who's like, I've got a body and I've got needs and I'm going to do everything to feed those needs, look after those needs, satisfy those needs. Uh, it, it, so my priority will be my physical comfort or my physical well-being. And that's kind of the world we live in. And, and God says, I want you to flip that on its head because the priority is the well-being of your spirit. The priority is the strength of your spirit, your spirit of who, how you connect with God. So humbling is, uh, fasting is resetting our priorities to a spiritual priority over my physical priority. And so when your flesh is crying out, stop, have some food, you're killing me. You're like, I know, this is me. It's like, it's true flesh. You can talk to your flesh, it's okay. It's true. I'm crucifying you right now to put you down the list of priorities in my life so that my spiritual priorities are first. I'm humbling myself. And this is what often will happen. Often will happen when we, when we humble ourselves and we begin to pray. And I've, this has happened to me so many times. I start a fast going, here's the breakthroughs I want. And then within the first week, God just starts to come and reveal things about my attitudes and about my thoughts. And so this humbling process, it, it's not a bad thing to go. The first week, God is just about resetting my mindset, resetting my thinking, reestablishing my priorities. And, and, and actually, Lord, more than anything, I just want to get to know you at a greater level. More than anything, I want to remove the blockages. I want to remove the stuff that's, that's got in the road. And that's, that involves humbling yourself. And when you humble yourself and and God starts to go, cool, now I've really got your attention. I, I, I'd encourage you to set some prayer goals to go with your fasting. So it might be, let's, let's just say you don't pray consistently. Why don't you make it a goal as part of your prayer? Uh, if you can't, you know, come to the prayer meetings, but maybe it's to pray 15 minutes every day if you don't normally pray. Make it a goal. If you normally pray 15 minutes, why not set a goal to pray 30 minutes? But to push in, to dig deeper so that out of this time, we're going to draw near to God. And if you draw near to God, He will he'll meet with you. He'll speak to you. He'll turn some things upside down. The last thing that happened in Daniel, and you can read both Daniel 9 and Daniel 10, two different occasions as he, as he fasted and as he prayed and he humbled himself and he's confessed sin. And so while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I'd seen in the earlier vision, we're in verse 21 of chapter 9, the man I'd seen in the early vision came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. 
He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out. I love that. That's that prophetic word. It went out. It was already there as prophetic potential. But when you began to pray, it went out. Chapter 10, the same thing happens. An angel comes and visits him, says the very first day you began to pray, an answer was sent, but I was opposed and there was spiritual warfare. So while you kept fasting for 21 days, I overcame the spiritual warfare. This is an angel delivering the promise of God. You don't know what's happening when we fast. We're empowering God's angels to bring reality, new realities into place. And so he had a visitation. He had a visitation. I want us to stand together right now. An angel came and visited him. And this is my prayer for you and my prayer for us. That we wouldn't just have prophetic promises come to pass, although that would be awesome. Miracles, healings, prodigals coming back to Christ, neighbours coming to Christ, friends, we do, friends at our workplace coming to Christ, supernatural breakthroughs, answers in our families, answers for, for the impossible. We'd see those supernatural breakthroughs. We would see... Uh, God do a work in our heart. A work that we're not fully aware of until the clarity that comes when we fast allows the Holy Spirit to say, this thing, I don't, that's not good for you. So I want you to repent and leave it behind. This way of thinking, that's not good for you. I want you to repent and leave it behind. And if we will go in with a fast saying, God, this is not about changing you. This is about changing me. Change me. Change my heart. Change my motives. Drill down into me. Out of it will come visitations. Visitations in dreams. I'm believing with you that over this next 21 day, you're going to dream God dreams. God will speak to you through dreams. Visitations in worship. I'm believing for us as a church over this next 21 days, and then as we come into Powerhouse Conference, that will that the sense of clarity of hearing the voice of God, of meeting with Him. I love. I haven't had lots of visitations, but I've had enough where I've just sensed God close to me. That's come out of seeking Him and out of out of prayer. I remember one particular moment where I, I sat in a, I literally, it was a Saturday night, I was a pastor for one year. And I was, uh, and I was preparing, I was working full time and preparing for Sunday. And I was flat and it's kind of like the week had taken it all out of me and now I've got to get up and hear God. And I went for a walk in Budra Meadows and I was, I was so tired. I eventually in a brand new estate, I just sat down uh, on the edge of the gutter. I was discouraged and I was tired. And I had a visitation. I haven't had many visitations, but it was like the Lord came to me and presented me with a sword. And he said, I've already given you a sword. It's a small sword. It's like a dagger that goes in the, in the side of your leg and it's, it's, that's around the area of finances. But this sword I'm giving you is a sword for healing. And so I'm gonna reuse this, this sword and this gift in your life. And it was kind of like this, this moment, reference moment for me in my life. And I've had maybe four or five of those kind of moments. And I'm believing for you that you'll have a undeniable visitation from God if you go after Him, if you're hungry for Him. So if, if you're hungry, 
you visit him, the Bible says this, humble yourself under the hand of the Almighty and he will lift you up. He will, you will encounter him, he'll lift you up. Lift your hands to heaven right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I'm praying tonight as we set our face like a flint to seek you, that you'll prompt each one of us, even right now, what, what should we fast? What should we go without? Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Oh, we want to draw near to you, God. We want to draw near to you. Father, let prophetic promises become realities in our lives as we pray them through. Help us pray them through, God. Help us pray them all the way through, God. That angels will minister and release the prophetic promises of heaven into our lives. Father, let there be a, a humbling and a realigning of our heart to you. Lord, we choose to humble ourselves as we fast. We humble ourselves and say, God, where our thinking's wrong, where our thoughts are wrong, where our words are wrong, where our actions are wrong. Would you come by the power of your Holy Spirit? Shine your light in that area in our life, God, where we're proud. God, where we're, where we're offended, where we're unteachable, where we're lustful, where we're angry. Where we're not flowing with you, come and shine a light on it. We humble ourselves. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. And I pray that we would have encounters with you. Visitations, God. Visitations in the night. Let people dream prophetic dreams, God. Let us see visitations from you, Lord. Lord Jesus, visit us. Let your angels visit us. Visit us in prayer. Visit us in worship. Visit us in the night hours. Visit us, oh God. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done in C3 Powerhouse as it is in heaven, in the lives of the members of C3 Powerhouse as it is in heaven. We pray for revival in this house, a season of revival. We pray for our friends and neighbours and workmates and school friends to come to Christ and encounter you. We pray for a new level of the supernatural and the miraculous in our house. We pray that you would be glorified in all that we do, Jesus. We pray, we ask, we seek you. Amen, amen, amen. Church, you're amazing. Exciting days coming together for us. Isaac Sansom, you are on right now. So come on. God bless you guys. Put your hands together.